sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. And happy holidays. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia, two hours of fantasy recaps from the Sunday NFL games, which, of course, some of you are now getting close, at the very least, to headed to your fantasy football championship. Some of you are like me, where you are just basically headed toward the end of 2020, and it's a good thing either way. Welcome to the show. Good to be with you. You can follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. You can follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Pizzapia17. We'll get into that. And, of course, take a look at the college football playoff, which we found out the results of of what we're going to on Saturday. So, Joe, great to see you again. Hope you had a good weekend. And Time to dive in, and hopefully some people out there are headed toward the fantasy football championship and arguably the toughest fantasy football season that we've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. You should get two trophies or two bobbleheads or a real nice belt with a nice crown jewel in the middle of it. But uh, let me tell you, you're welcome, everybody. I am the Oracle of the Rams. I am the George Costanza of the Rams. Anything that I say about the Rams, you do the opposite. You're making money all year. You're welcome. I am the Christmas gift that continues to give here on the program because that's what we do. We give and we give till it hurts, and then we give some more. And uh, it looks like uh, the Jets might have given away the first overall pick while they were at it. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it was definitely the biggest shock of the season for sure, not in a covering standpoint, but to lose uh, for the Rams to lose the game outright. We'll get into that in just a little bit, as certainly it did have big repercussions for 2021. But we're still here on 2020, so let's dive right into it here on our headlines today. Tom Brady leads the Buccaneers to a comeback win in Atlanta. Not surprising on a lot of levels. Not surprising that it's Tom Brady. Not surprising it's the Bucs. Also not surprising the Falcons fell apart, because that's been happening to them quite a bit over the last couple of years. Lamar Jackson unleashed again. This is really good news, I think, moving forward for the Ravens. He had four touchdowns against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It looked fantastic again. Now, the college football playoff is officially set and i know that there's a lot of discussion about this we talk a lot of fantasy here not as much about college football although it dominates my discussion all of the time but here is the final four setup it is alabama taking on notre dame and clemson taking on ohio state i know there are a lot of upset people out there that don't want notre dame in this thing of course i am one of those two but notre dame did have a great regular season you can make the case more people will watch the game and more people will spend money on advertising by having notre dame in there and that's what moves the world so here we go uh tiger and charlie woods also finished seventh at the pnc championship it was really nice to see that it seems like father and son uh playing with each other having the same sort of movements on the golf course uh on and off so that was a really fun story from the weekend as well but, Joe, certainly a lot to get to here on the show. And, and look, in terms of the NFL yesterday, I thought that the early games, especially in the last 30 minutes, provided a lot of excitement. The uh, the afternoon game, certainly, I think that we saw the, 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 the return of Kyler Murray to a degree. I think that's probably mm-hmm. fair, although he's not still running as much. I think that he bounced back to get where he was. And then I, I think we also saw what we could be seeing in the future from Jalen Hurts, who went from probably somebody you wouldn't have thought about starting in fantasy next year he is basically one more game away from being probably a locked in qb1 this guy's been fantastic he was fantastic again yesterday 
Yeah, I mean, it's been on full display all year, the evolution of the quarterback position. And it was great to see Kyler Murray get his first rush down, rushing touchdown a couple games. Uh, Kyler Murray had been, you know, not 100%. And I think last week we saw against the Giants, he looked much better. And him and Hopkins put on a show yesterday. He said in the press conference, I feel not somewhere between 99.9 and 100% good about throwing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins at any given time. So just in case you're keeping score at home, it's a very small percent as we welcome in our radio audience here to Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. And I'll tell you, Craig, you know, watching Murray and watching Hurts, I mean, that is where my fantasy attention was. There was a close game there in New Orleans. It got tight there towards the end. There were some other games that were certainly, you know, interesting going back and forth. Dallas and San Francisco was a wacky contest. But, yes, it was that Arizona game with Philadelphia where you continue to see the future of this position of quarterback. And it's a really exciting one. And Lamar Jackson, of course, being part of that mix, these rushing quarterbacks, these quarterbacks that are super athletic, you know, the pocket passers now, even the guys like Joe Burrow, these young guys, they can get out in space a little bit too. Josh Allen, another one. So this was an incredible weekend for the quarterback future of the NFL, in my opinion. And I'll tell you what, you know, with the Ravens going back to them real quick, they might be the most dangerous team right now because they are starting to get confident and they're starting to play their best football at the right time. Now it helps the way the schedule laid out for them. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago that this was their time, their opportunity to finish strong. And it seems like the Ravens are, but all of a sudden Lamar becomes that most dangerous weapon again. And we're starting to look and say, okay, maybe last year, all the expectations, the bye week came out flat. Maybe this is what they needed. Maybe they needed to get checked a little bit and need to chase a little bit. Cause it's starting to think maybe now that the, the Ravens as chasers are a little bit more dangerous than they were last year as the, the favorites to win. Yeah, it's really interesting the way they managed Lamar Jackson over the course of the season. So I'm not surprised to see this, but you can't just turn it on and off. So I, I think that any excuse that they were saving Lamar to this point, which is what I kind of felt, I don't think that ends up being valid. But there, there's no doubt that the coaching staff, though, basically said, hey, we got to go back to what works. I mean, that's that's essentially what I'm seeing here with with the Ravens. And certainly we had a lot of other exciting games. Kansas City and New Orleans going right down to the wire. And in terms of the point spreads, these were as close as I've seen any week played in the NFL with these games. A lot of pushes, a lot of games right down to the final point. So we'll get into that as well. But coming up next, it's time for our fantasy standouts from the NFL's Week 15. We're almost at the end of the 2020 football season. Go figure that. So make sure you stay on the grid. We'll go through all the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and we did have one standout tight end as well that we'll get into. So this is Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. I'm Craig Bish, Joe Pizzapia with me. Two hours of fantasy discussion. Hopefully you can stay for the entire time. If you're watching on demand, give us a like, subscribe to our show as well. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia, as we wrap up week 15 of the NFL. We saw some pretty cool fantasy standouts. Hopefully you got to use some players at this point. For some of you, if it's DFS time, of course, make sure you do that over on FanDuel. I was involved again yesterday, going to need, oh, somehow I must have played in the wrong contest. That shows you I have no idea what I'm doing because somehow I ended up with Claypool. I'm going to need some something tonight to make like five bucks. I, I thought I was playing all Sunday, but I guess I'm not. Regardless of the DFS stuff, let, let's get back to season long because we're coming to the end next week. will really be our final 
look at the 2020 fantasy football season. As we recap every Monday, there's probably no need to do that in two weeks from now for those of you who are out of it. So uh, let's take a look here from week 15, a crucial week for a lot of you. We'll start off with Tom Brady, 31 to 45, 390 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. I think he only had like 80 yards at the half and then 300 in the second half. Incredible. Kyler Murray, 27 of 36, 406 total yards and four total touchdowns in this game. I want to at least mention Jalen Hurts, who didn't make this list, but he also had four total touchdowns as well. David Montgomery, for the Chicago Bears, another big game. 32 rushes, 146 yards, and two touchdowns. Arguably has been the best running back in fantasy football over the last month and continues to do that yesterday. Helped a lot of people if you got there. Derrick Henry, 24 rushes, 147 yards. Also scored a touchdown, got two receptions. I think that for most people, that's a pretty good game. Not the Derrick Henry game that we've come to with a 40-point game putting you into the championship, but certainly can't argue with the performance there. Calvin Ridley, 10 receptions, 163 more yards and a touchdown for him as he continues to have a great season. DeAndre Hopkins, a lot of his work in the second half, 9 for 169 and a touchdown. And then Logan Thomas of the Washington football team, for whatever reason, had it going with Haskins yesterday. I, I, he must have been targeted 20 times over and over again. He just kept throwing to Logan Thomas, throwing mm-hmm. to McKissick. Uh, that's pretty much, I guess, their game plan was to just throw these short passes, even though McLaurin did end up looking okay. So uh, certainly I would think that if any of these players, Joe, are on your fantasy football team, it was a great start. There wasn't anyone that will look back, I think, and say, wow, this guy got me 50 fantasy points in the semifinals of, of the 2020 season, because that does happen on occasion. You'll have like a year where you'll see, like Derek Henry is an example uh, a couple <laughs> right. years ago. Or last year, <laughs> right. Uh, there wasn't a guy there yesterday, but any combination, I would think, of any two of these would have put you in the finals. Well, my last championship bid died with uh, Kyler Murray because uh, I was playing against him, so that was it for me. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, that'll that'll do it for me with all my teams. But I will say this, man. I mean, Kyler Murray having that game yesterday, that was what we've been waiting for him to bounce back and look like the guy that – we saw the first eight weeks of the season because this was that dude. And then, I mean, look, you could say it's matchups. You could say it wasn't 100%. You could say it was the health. All those things could all factor into it. And um, I think that overall it was great to see the Cardinals get a big win there because the Eagles certainly were competitive in that football game down the end. And I, and I think Jalen Hurts, this was another coming out party for him. I know we're going to talk more about them. It's also not lost to me that Tom Brady puts up 320 yards in the second half of a game, beating the Atlanta Falcons – basically solidifying their spot in the playoffs. And then on the flip side, you have the Patriots who are now out of playoff contention uh, mathematically, which was a foregone conclusion anyway. But in case you are, uh, you know, continuing to follow that trend of, well, where's Belichick without Brady? Where's Brady without Belichick? Well, so far round one, I think you can easily say has gone to Tom Brady. And, And the thing that was fun to look at yesterday with that Tampa game was the target share and how evenly distributed it was between Evans, Antonio Brown, and Godwin. I mean, basically spread out between all of them, which is great because that's when Tom Brady's playing his best football is when he is not trying to drive the ball to one person, when he's able to spread it around. I think you saw that yesterday. And things kind of you know clicked to the second half. For whatever reason, that first half was just terrible. But my goodness, what a show we put on the second one. And David Montgomery's got to be the story of, I think, the playoffs probably in this, this stretch run because – he was so maligned, and rightfully so, the last year and change. And what's different now as opposed to the last year and a half? And, and I think the only answer that I have is a confident Mitchell Trubisky because Trubisky's still not perfect, but he seems more confident running the offense. And he seems like he's got a little bit better grasp of what's going on. And maybe it's just 
the maturation process between Montgomery and Trubisky happening in front of our eyes, but it feels like it's going to be enough potentially to save Matt Nagy's job. And I really do believe that with every passing week, with every good Bears performance, and with this dub, this big W on the road here against the Minnesota Vikings, why would they move on from Nagy? Things seem to be trending in the right direction. The defense has always been good. The offense is starting to look like a more competitive offense than it was with Nick Foles. And the offensive line, if that's something you can fix and address in the offseason, Craig, why can't the Bears get right back into this conversation next year and go from an 8-8 eight eight team to maybe a 10-win team? Yeah, you would think it's possible. They do have some things that are positive. They also have a free agent in Allen Robinson that's irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, if they don't yeah. end up keeping him, and I, and I don't want to get too excited about the quarterback position because it's been tough. It's been tough to watch now for two years. Mm -hmm. I think they need to address it. But, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, holding Montgomery to this point and starting him the last two weeks, you'd be hard-pressed to not get to the championship, I think. So the other player, and I included him here, the other player that I have to say – that has improved his stock as much as any player. I, I think that at the tight end position is Logan Thomas. Mm -hmm. I mean, at this stage of the game, whether it's Alex Smith or whether it's Haskins, and he's had some quiet games this season for sure. He's also thrown a touchdown pass. I got to tell you, I mean, there, there's definitely going to be better tight ends and tight ends drafted higher than him in fantasy next year for sure. But I think Th Thomas is a tight end one, no doubt. I could probably make the case he's... He he kind of feels like where Engram was maybe a year or two ago, where we thought Engram was going to make that big jump. I would expect Thomas mm -hmm. to be a top five tight end drafted next year. He's been fantastic. Yeah, I think him and Hawkinson, so those two guys, I think you, you pick out and you say, okay, if I miss out on that top tier tight end, what's my best return on investment with draft capital? And I think the answers are probably Logan Thomas. And the answer is probably TJ Hawkinson. Those are the two guys I think you feel good about. When you look at the game log, you see the you see them getting receptions. You see them getting targets. You see them being integrated into the offense. They both don't have the biggest touchdown upside necessarily, but that's okay in full-point PPR. As long as they're consistently part of the offense, that's what you want. And Logan Thomas, I got to give credit to Scott Bogman uh, of In This League here on the network because that was the first guy that was really in the offseason talking about Logan Thomas. And we had a lot of discussions on the Black Book show about Logan Thomas. And I said, all right, you know, I took one or two shares late uh, as a second because I was very much about waiting for tight end. A lot of Blake Jarwin, a lot of taking shots on guys like Logan Thomas and seeing what happened. And guess what? You know, this one actually hit, and Logan Thomas has been that guy, and he was a guy on this show we were talking early on. Pick up this guy, and the, and the only dip in the season he had was when Kyle Allen was playing quarterback. You know, he was actually pretty good in the beginning of the year with Haskins, ironically, and then people kind of, you know, got sour, and then unfortunately, you know, the Kyle Allen games weren't that good, and he had some injuries in those games, and then Alex Smith took over, and he was pretty good with Alex Smith, so two out of three, <laughs> I'll take that. So really, the only downtime for him was that little patch with Allen, and I think overall, you look back at tight end this position this year, you know, Gronk has had some moments. Obviously, we had a couple guys on the waiver wire come up and down and then fall off. I know a lot of people had high expectations for Hayden Hurst. I think he's been a huge bust this year. Austin Hooper was a bust this year. But Logan Thomas has been one of those guys drafted outside that tight end one that I think really has stepped in and solidified his value going forward into next year, too. So him and Hawkinson definitely that for me. And, and look, I, I'm going to make the case in the offseason going into next year, too do really try to pay the King's ransom for Kelsey just because of where he is right now. We might be seeing like maybe the best tight end to ever do it when all said and done, like he's on that trajectory right now. And maybe it's time to start reordering our brains with how good the wide receiver position is. Why not take a shot at Travis Kelsey early? I mean, early second round. I don't know if I want to do it in the first round. I don't think that's a little much, but certainly Darren Waller, him, I think Ertz is now faded into the background. I love George Kittle's talent, but 
you know, he's had some injuries and he's another guy who doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, but I, the best ROI might be Logan Thomas. You're right. Yeah, it, it could, it could well be. I mean, Hawkinson for about four or five weeks was way better than Thomas and looked like I would have been mm-hmm. talking about him right now, but he clearly slowed down uh, a lot for whatever reason. I don't know why it's just maybe less targets. I'm well, I think sure. the Stafford health didn't help, you know, Stafford hasn't been maybe. healthy for a couple of weeks. Maybe, I, that's maybe. Part of I mean, Hawkinson hasn't been the picture of health either. I mean, he got, I mean, he's had True. concussions and been yeah. through too. So uh, look, I thought Fant would have been better. Uh, no Fant would have been better than all three of these guys. It was not even close. I mean, it's those two guys now uh, for sure. I had Fant, although who knows, maybe the quarterback position changes in Denver in the off season too. Okay, coming up next, it's time for us to go through our game capsules. So here's what we do. For those of you who play fantasy football, this is a lot of fun. We go player by player, who did what on Sunday. And we'll tell you from a fantasy perspective and also mix in a little wagering perspective as we go along. We'll talk about that coming up next. We start with Tampa Bay and Atlanta right here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports. Stay on the grid. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And let's get into our game capsules. This is Fantasy Sports Today. For those of you who are waking up this Monday or watching our show on this Monday and you've advanced to the championship, congratulations. Great season. Hopefully you've been along with us for the ride the entire year. Craig Minnis, Joe Pizapia. Let's dive right in and take a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fantasy standouts from Sunday. Tom Brady led the comeback, 31 of 45, 390 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. The Bucs trailed by two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette, 14 rushes for 49 yards, two touchdowns. And yes, Leonard Fournette is back again. (laughs) Three receptions, 16 yards for him. Antonio Brown, five receptions, 93 yards and a score. Mike Evans, six receptions for 110. And then Chris Godwin had four receptions for 36 yards and also scored a touchdown. Now, on the Atlanta side of things, the numbers look pretty good offensively, but they just have no threat of the running game whatsoever. And that really doomed them in the second half. They couldn't control the ball. Matt Ryan, 34-49, 356, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Ido Smith was the leading rusher, six rushes for 24 yards. <laughs> Calvin Ridley, 10 for 163 in a touchdown. Russell Gage, 5 for 68 in a score. And then Hayden Hurst, who we just talked about previously, has been quiet all year, four receptions for 21 yards. So we'll dive into this here a little bit. First of all, with the Bucks, one thing that we can clearly say, Joe, here at the end of the season is the running back situation for the Bucks all season has been completely clueless from beginning to end. It's been a nightmare for sure. Uh, I got to say, Fournette at the end of that game looked like exactly the kind of running back the Bucks should have at the end of a football game. Tough to, tough to tackle, tough to stop. And I would be surprised if we did not see some of him moving forward. I understand that Ronald Jones was out with COVID and all of that, but it is really interesting to see the way that they're using these guys. As far as the receivers go, uh, Evans got, got 17 points. Godwin got about 15 points and Antonio Brown was fantasy relevant. I believe this was the first time all season long. Yeah. Well, look, let's start here with Leonard Fournette. You know, we got the Rams winning and Leonard Fournette scoring two touchdowns. It's like week 15 was one giant troll for me. And uh, look, and I've been somebody who historically has been very tough on Leonard Fournette. I've never been somebody who reached for him in the first round or second round when the Leonard Fournette heyday. But coming into this season, for me, it was about 
situation in need. And I know with Tom Brady that you have to run the football. And I thought this would be that guy, especially because I had seen enough Ronald Jones. And then look, Ronald Jones has played better than Leonard Fournette overall this year. But when you see Leonard Fournette in those moments, you realize the guy's probably not done. So it's going to be fascinating to see where he ends up next year, because I can't imagine it being with Tampa. I don't think he's going to want to be there. We'll see what happens in the offseason. But look, this was a great performance by Tom Brady. 320 of his 390 yards game in the second half. And at one point in time in this game, you know, they were down 24 to 7 with just four minutes left in the third. So this was really quite an onslaught, quite another collapse here by the Atlanta Falcons. And, and some positive notes here for the Falcons. All I could say is Russell Gage is a player. You know, uh, he's been one of these incredible values we've talked about time and time again, especially when Julio's been out. He's been able to step up and been that wide receiver, too. And Ridley is number one. Ridley can be a number one in this league. If you had any doubt about that these last few weeks, you can't possibly have any doubt about it anymore. Ten catches for 163 and a touchdown. The guy is an absolute beast. He's an absolute wide receiver one going forward with Julio, without Julio. doesn't matter. Uh, hopefully Matt Ryan will be quarterback there next year. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I'd be surprised if they were to move on from him, but the unsung hero in this game too, I think has to be Devin White, uh, the linebacker of the Tampa Bay Bucks too. Three sacks for him, important ones too. He really kind of helped in that second half, put a lot of pressure on Matt Ryan. And that's when things kind of basically collapsed yet again for the Falcons, which is, it's gotta be tough to be a Falcons fan. I mean, you talk about Detroit blowing leads. How about the Falcons the last three or four years blowing leads? Just unbelievable. And uh, Todd Gurley's uh, fantasy season officially comes to an end. Fancy will, he, career. Will, he play one, will he play one down in the NFL after this year? That's a great question. Um, does preseason count? Because I think he'll be with a team in the preseason. Yes, a pre you know what? I don't. That's a. That's even a better question because I think that he will get another shot. I think you're right. I think he'll right get a shot, that. but I don't know if he'll make a roster. I think you'll see him next year, and he'll get signed. And some people will say, "Well, we'll take a late flyer on Todd Gurley," and then I feel like a week before the season he'll get cut and he'll be out there, and that might be the end. It. It's sad. It's Isn't really the sad. biggest drop ever at running back in the history of fantasy from uh, top to bottom. I think, it's the fa- I think it's the fastest. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's got to be. I think it you is. know, I don't remember like, one going quite, from you know, number one without, pick without a, a career ending injury. Well, I mean, I think the only time you think of it is guys like Terrell Davis, right? Who had career ending injuries where it's just over. And I, and I feel like it wasn't necessarily that, that one injury. It was just this chronic problem that has deteriorated him so quickly. And that that's the stunner. We've had guys that have been so great and then they get hurt and that's their career. That's unfortunate. But this is a whole different animal. This is this is a very quick decline because of a degenerative condition. And you could see it. Crazy. I mean, we saw six weeks ago. What was it? Brian Hill was running the ball and you could see the burst Brian Hill had. And then we would turn off and hand the ball. And Brian Hill's not great. And they would turn the ball off and hand it to Todd Gurley. And you was like slow motion and you're watching it. And you're just, it's, it is sad. It's sad and precipitous, which is not a good combination. It is. And, and I, and I got to tell you that now that it's over and, you know, more or less, and, and look, I'm the last person that, especially with an injury that wants to say that I saw something at the beginning of the season, but I got to be mm-hmm. honest with you. And I don't think that you were, I, I think that you could have, you, you just kept throwing out the stats of what he did at the beginning and he kept scoring touchdowns and, and those were valid. Hey, I mean, look, look he was an RB one for, he was an RB1. I know, eight, but I know, but realistically speaking, see, this is my problem with all of that. Mm-hmm. Is that I I really would say that at the end of the season, if if I go back and I watch somebody giving me advice on Todd Gurley gonna have a big year uh going into this year, I don't think that I could I don't think that I could 
use that well, person I was from not fantasy a football. Big year from Todd Gurley, I can tell you that much. Big year and Todd right. Gurley. Never I, I'm not saying it's you. I'm not saying it's you. Like, like anyone who yeah. said that was not watching. Like that that hurts. Well, there was a lot because... of people that said David Johnson too, because I think those people weren't watching last year either. I agree. Uh, David Johnson right. was well, David, my David Johnson has a pulse. It's a small pulse. But it's beating. It, it, his pulse is almost over too. But David Johnson, in the end, uh, like like David Johnson yesterday, we'll talk about this. Basically, uh, almost lost. Well, he he almost he kind of did lose the game a little bit for Houston because he just couldn't get out of bounds. He's too slow. Like like mm-hmm. he's fallen apart too, unfortunately. Um, but I I think David Johnson will be back next year. I think David mm-hmm. Johnson will will be the backup to someone else. Like anybody who watched Todd Gurley the last year and thought that there was anything else except for this outcome. Um, like you just were not watching the guy play. I mean, and this is the, I guess the advantage that I have, um, and not everybody does is that I would never call myself the best or even among the best in terms of fantasy football, but I watch, like I see what is going on. And anyone who saw the guy play should have known going into the season. There was no chance. Is there a chance that he could get the ball in the one and score? Yes. Marcus Allen did that for a long time too, but uh, Marcus Allen's a Hall of Famer and kept playing at a high level for a long time. Like that's the only thing that that Gurley's value brought him this year is he was better than David Montgomery on the one yard line. That's it. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. He did not do a thing the not entire anymore. season. Until... <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. But he was better than, mm-hmm. than Montgomery at that for a period of time for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, Seattle, Washington. I'm off that. Russell Wilson, let's take a look. 18 of 27, 121, one touchdown, one interception, 52 rushing yards. Really tough defense, but Wilson has not been the same guy the last five weeks for sure, but they keep winning somehow. Uh, Hyde, two rushes, 55 yards for him, and a touchdown, two receptions, eight yards. Very quiet games for Metcalf and Lockett, unfortunately, for those of you in the playoffs, may have lost because of that. That's tough to overcome seeing those stats. Now, in terms of Washington, the stunner here, was the 55 passes thrown by Dwayne Haskins. In what world is this going to be a good outcome? <laughs> I, I just could not believe how much they were throwing him. 295, one touchdown, two interceptions, and he almost won the game. McKissick has been a f- fantastic player. I wonder what his future is. 13 rushes, 51 yards, nine receptions again for 56 yards and a touchdown. He was great. So was Logan Thomas, who we talked about, 13 catches. And McLaurin always gets 10, 15 fantasy points at the bottom. Usually it's more than that, but you'll live with that, and that's fine. Washington really had a legitimate chance to win this game with Haskins at quarterback. That was shocking to me. Um, I don't think that Haskins played particularly well, but I don't understand the game plan other than to think that they identified Seattle's uh, you know, poor defense and decided to attack it, that. It, I, that's the only look, thing I can think They're the of worst this. in the league. They're the worst in the league. So it was just it was just a matter of this is how we're going to try our best to be. We're just going to attack their biggest weakness, which is uh, defending the pass, which they're not able to do. Now, unfortunately for them, Dwayne Haskins doesn't throw a lot of good balls, and Dwayne Haskins makes a lot of mistakes. So he could throw the ball 100 times. It might not make a difference. Uh, unsung hero in this game on the defensive side, Carlos Dunlap, uh, just – He's been terrific in the last six weeks or so. Him and Jamal Adams are the only thing I even holding that defense together. And I'll say this. I mean, you know, Washington, I think, is in a good spot next year. I think Washington with that front, we all know how good they are. And I think Washington with McKissick and a healthy Antonio Gibson and Logan Thomas and Terry McLaurin, there's a lot to work with here where they might go in as a very competitive team heading into things. Um, however, I also think that we have to you know, keep it real here on the show too. And yesterday we talked about 
uh, on Sunday morning, fading away from the top of this board with Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf and talking about the difference of, yes, yeah, sometimes cornerback matter, you know, matchups matter, but also how good is a front against a, an offensive line? And that offensive line for Seattle has had some issues lately. And when you look at the frustrations that the Washington football front line has caused for everybody, it was a good reason to fade away statistically from DK Metcalf, from Russell Wilson. And we talked about, it's not always just, oh, you know, I love DK Metcalf, but I don't like the cornerback matchup. It's not always about that. It's about does the quarterback have enough time to throw the football downfield. Does he have five seconds to drop back and throw? And is, is a pass going to get deflected? And you saw a lot of that again. So look, Seattle continues to get W's. That's all that matters from Seattle side. They're not playing their best football. We know that, but Washington is a tough out. So I think it all kind of evens out in the end for me. Yeah, Washington, uh, certainly at this point, defensively with Chase Young and the guys they have there, uh, have a lot of promise, I think. Good coaching staff. Mm -hmm. Finally, for the yeah. first time, it looked like they're headed in the right direction, but they're still going to have to attack the quarterback position in the offseason. There's just no getting around that, whether it's first round, second round, somewhere else. Uh, Haskins isn't the answer, and I think that uh, Alex Smith could probably play again next year for me and, and at least keep the seat warm for whoever it's going to be. I, I just don't think he could play in the NFL. He showed it until he got hurt. All right, coming up next, Titans and Lions, and then we'll talk about the Indianapolis Colts and Houston Texans. Stay on the grid over there. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. The Tennessee Titans once again putting on an offensive show on Sunday, but one of the more bizarre teams in the NFL that just can't seem to stop anybody, even with the offense. Almost a complete flip of where they were last year. So they're helping a lot of people out in fantasy. But in reality, what will the Titans do in week one of the NFL playoffs? Will they win by 40, lose by 40, be up by 40 and lose? <laughs> very, very tough team to read going in for sure. Let's take a look at the fantasy numbers here. Ryan Tannehill, another good day for him. He's really proven his worth this year for sure. 21 of 27, 273 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Derrick Henry, 24 for 147 and a touchdown, two receptions, five yards. Doing the math here, it's about 22 fantasy points, no complaints. But uh, you definitely needed other players to come through for you on Sunday, which is a first for Henry owners over the last couple of years. Corey Davis, 4 for 110 and a score. A.J. Brown, 5 for 44 and a score. And then John U. Smith returned to get 10 fantasy points on Sunday. Now, over to the side of the Detroit Lions. And, and actually, even in a lot of, I wouldn't even call it garbage time. They were fighting back in this game constantly, and it went okay fantasy-wise for them. Stafford, 252, just one touchdown. But the Andre Swift on the ground, had 15 carries, 67 yards, and two touchdowns. Seems to be building toward next year. Four receptions as well. So about 25 fantasy points if you if you had him in there. Marvin Jones has been great without Galladay. Look at this. 10 for 112 and a touchdown. So can't complain with him. And we haven't had Mohamed Sanu's name on a list all season long. So I wanted to just throw him <laughs> on there, although he didn't uh, really do very much for, for 38 there. They didn't have they really didn't have a secondary option didn't seem like jones was targeted 14 times i believe in the game he had 10 receptions but for tennessee joe boy this is a tough one this is going to be a tough one for me because i could definitely see them taking any team to the limit including kansas mm -hmm. city like they, they have that kind of offense but uh, they can't stop anybody <laughs> like never anyone it is odd 
with Rabel being the coach of that team and how well they played defense last year. Like, that was their whole thing. That's what stopped the Ravens last year was their defense. So I don't I don't know. I feel like we're going to be one week one of the NFL playoffs. They'll either be at home, they're on the road, they're going to be playing against a team that's going to be very similar to them. And I feel like they could win, and I also feel like they could get blown out. But certainly they have the talent on offense, there's no doubt. But what in the world went wrong with their defense this year? It's crazy. Well, they had one or two key injuries, but look, overall, it's it's a matter of they just haven't been as physical, I think, up front as they were last year, and, and that's where some of the injuries have been. But from a fantasy perspective, like you said, you know, <laughs> this is great. We, we love this. And and yesterday morning, we spent a good chunk of time trying to debunk the theory that Ryan Tannehill can't be good if you like Derrick Henry in that. Like, if Derrick Henry rushes for 150 yards, you got to run away from Ryan Tannehill. No, you don't. That's crazy. Brian Tannehill, some of his best games come on the heels of this same thing where Derrick Henry is great and Tannehill is great. And why? Because they can effectively run that play action so well. And everyone's biting one way and Ryan Tannehill gets one-on-one coverage. Ryan Tannehill gets, you know, a clear view of the field. And Tannehill's got to be one of the great resurrection stories. I I think if you're, you know, Sam Darnold, you're looking right now at Ryan Tannehill. Maybe Peter Carson Wentz, you're looking at Ryan Tannehill and say, okay, you know, Maybe uh, that second spot somewhere else, I could turn things around. Derrick Henry needs to average 150 yards every week. So he's, step one is there. Two more to go on his uh, quest for 2,000. We'll see if he can do it. By the way, Derrick Henry becomes just the fourth player ever in NFL history to have back-to-back 1,500-yard rush seasons and 15 touchdowns in a season. That That is an incredible stat, an incredible performance here two years in a row from Derrick Henry, who is the man. Corey Davis has put himself in the good favor with everybody going into next year. And I'll say this on the Detroit side, DeAndre Swift is a guy to really keep your eye on because he was one of my guys going into the second half that I really wanted. And I thought had the opportunity to, to really kind of show out and be a game changer. And unfortunately that concussion happened a couple weeks ago and that slowed down that pace, but things were picking up for him with the right coaching staff, with the right offensive playbook next year, DeAndre Swift in his second season could be one of the great post hype sleeper value guys going into the 2021 season in draft. So keep a close eye on him. And if for some reason this offseason he's available in your dynasty league for a trade for picks or something like that, I would be looking to buy because uh, I do think this guy is just a, an incredible talent. And I think it's somebody to really pay close attention to next year because look, it takes guys a while. See David Montgomery. Yeah, I'm a little concerned with him because of the uh, concussions. I gotta be honest. I'm a little, I'm a little worried about that. If we're talking about career-ending tight end injury, I don't, I, I would disagree. I, I don't think from a dynasty perspective. I think that from a season long, I would take my shot. But the the stuff that was coming out three or four weeks ago about maybe him not playing and still having headaches and not looking the same, I, I don't know that I feel the same way about that. So, and I and he's my favorite running back going into this year for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, Colts and Houston Texans. Uh, Houston gave another game away on Sunday, but let's take a look at the Colts here. Phillip Rivers, 22 of 28, 228 yards and two touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor, 16 rushes, 83 yards and a score. He's sort of been the primary guy now, finally, toward the end of the year. So that's definitely a good sign for him. Zach Pascal disappointed all of the T.Y. Hilton owners. Hilton had been so good heading up to this point and then only got you 10 fantasy points with Pascal, 79 yards, two touchdowns, Hilton four for 71 in this game. Now, on the side of Houston, they had to come all the way back in this one to stay in it, and they did, of course, thanks to Deshaun Watson. 373 passing yards, two touchdowns, 25 rushing yards. He was great. And if you didn't look at the receiving yards, you missed David Johnson's entire game because he caught 11 (laughs) balls yesterday for 106 yards, and I believe it was four or five passes on the final drive of the game. 
where he just racked up those fantasy points. So gave you something for sure yesterday, almost 20 points. Good for him. Brandon Cook, six for 59. Circle this uh, stat line for Kiki Kuti because it does not tell the story. He fumbled on the goal line at the end of the game, and Houston lost. Five receptions, 53 yards, and a touchdown. And Chad Hansen, two for 55. Hansen has shown that could be a nice little receiver in the NFL. Maybe, you know, sort of like a possession-type guy that could be a wide receiver three in some PPR different formats next year. At least I'm aware of who he is going into <laughs> next year. But second time in three weeks, Colts get the ball at the goal line, fumble it away, and lose. And and QT, uh, I know he's had sort of these, these issues before, you know, and he was looking up at the scoreboard after and like, I didn't fumble, I didn't fumble. I mean, the dude just got the ball ripped right out of him at the goal line, and they lost the game. So uh, Colts are, are one of those teams that they play very good defense. They're going to be in every game. They're probably not going to get blown out a lot, but they by no means are like a Super Bowl-type <laughs> team. At least I don't think so. No, I, I don't think so either. I hope Philip Rivers has had a good run here, and, and yes – Oh, so frustrating for those of us who were on that T.Y. Hilton train. Everything looks so good. Then Zach Pascal with the two touchdowns. But the, the good news is that they could do two things. And they can run the football now effectively with Jonathan Taylor, which was a question, I think, coming into the last few weeks of the season here. They've answered that. And they can play defense. And those two things work in the playoffs. So I don't know if they're necessarily going to be a, a first round out either. But I think you might get a surprise where those two things usually show out pretty well. And, and on the Texan side, I mean – Man, is it frustrating for Deshaun Watson. He's like teacher of the year in a school with no funding, I feel like. I just want Deshaun Watson to get to a better place. And you wonder why Kiki QT was buried on the depth chart the last couple of years. This is why, because of these moments. And I know a couple of weeks ago he had an incredible huge game, 10 catches or whatever he had, and everyone's going crazy about, oh, Kiki QT's back. But the drops, the fumbles, the mental mistakes, these issues always crop up for him. And that's why he got buried previously. This is what happens sometimes to him. And look, the good news for Houston is they've got a franchise quarterback. The bad news is they got cap problems. They've got no draft picks. And they've got a situation where they have to bring in the right football people to turn this thing around because you can turn it around so quickly in the NFL when you have a talent like Deshaun. And, and you do. I mean, Deshaun is just so damn good. Dolphins and Patriots, let's run through this. It doesn't need to spend much time. It was pretty much an open and shut fantasy case. If you started anyone in this game, you, you had to know what was coming in. Miami had a ton of injuries for Miami. Uh, New England looked awful for sure, but it was a close game for a while. Uh, two and through for 145 yards. He was 20 of 26. Salvan Ahmed actually had a family member very ill and said he was going to go out and rush for 100 yards, and he did. So that's really nice to see. 122 for him and a touchdown. He was really the only startable player. Breida, 12 for 86. Lynn Bowden Jr., 6 for 37 because the Dolphins did not have Devontae Parker. They did not have Mike Gusecki in that game. For New England, more of the same. Cam Newton, 209 yards, 38 on the ground. Just bend but don't break, and then it fell apart in the end. Sony Michelle, he's good to see him back. Ted Rush is 74 yards. And Jacoby Myers, who's been the team's leading receiver a number of different games, seven receptions for 11, 111 yards. And, and, and you know, the Patriots' defense played very well. I mean, they really did. But, I mean, you could only play for three and a half quarters so well before eventually you're going to give up a touchdown. And in this particular case, I got to say, Xavier Howard, if he's not the defensive player of the year in the NFL, I don't know how anyone else could ever win. I mean, this guy either makes an interception or scores a touchdown every week in the league, and he did again yesterday. So that was really the, the reason why the final score looked like what it did. But it was a very close game.
Yeah, 20 straight games for the Dolphins with a turnover. That's a, a league winner right now, league leader in the NFL. And Howard's been brilliant. Um, Gilmore in the opposite end of this game, he got hurt, so he's probably done for the year. Luckily, it doesn't look like a very serious injury in terms of anything torn or anything like that, so we'll see what happens. But uh, look, it, you know, the Patriots have a lot of work to do this offseason. You know, they need help at the quarterback position, they need help at the wide receiver position. The defense is good, like you said. And this was a team going in that knew they were going to be at a deficit because they were missing more players opting out than any other team but you, know, you can take those excuses and shove them because at the end of the day you know you have to compete and unfortunately they just don't have the goods to compete and another good you know win for miami not pretty but a win nonetheless and now they get to live to fight next week against the raiders which is like you said last week basically the playoff game before the playoffs start yeah raiders win they're in miami loses they have a chance to be out and miami's one game ahead of, of the raiders so yeah saturday night sets up well okay ravens and jaguars as we wrap up this segment here let's take a look at lamar jackson's numbers from sunday 17 of 22 243 he had four total touchdowns three passing and also rushed for 35 yards dobbins scored a touchdown on 14 carries he had 64 yards and marquise brown a good game six for 98 andrews had five receptions, 66 yards, and a touchdown. And Des Bryant, with his first touchdown in three years, <laughs> scored yesterday an 11-yard touchdown. So good to see Des back on the field and scoring. Uh, the game was not close, and Jacksonville was unable to really put any garbage time together. And, uh, you know, Gardner Minshew, what can you say? He really didn't have an opportunity in this one. He was sacked, I think, six times or seven times, something crazy. 22 of 29, 226 yards. Robinson got hurt in the game. James Robinson, he's had a great year no matter what happens. 16 of 35, he ended up scoring a touchdown, one of the unsung heroes of the year. LaVisca Chenault was a leading receiver, 5 for 43, and Shark just 4 for 53 for him. So Jacksonville's very promising and a lot to go on, and that loss yesterday puts them in the position to get Trevor Lawrence. I would say that <laughs> all in all, a day for them. What a performance Trevor Lawrence put on, on Saturday, man. I watched that, and let me tell you, I still think it's him and everybody else. Like he's in a tear unto himself. Uh, and it, I don't know what people are watching if they don't think that. But uh, look, Jacksonville has a chance here to turn things around. If they do get him, I think whoever gets that number one pick, he is the prize. He is the crown jewel. He's the dude. Uh, James Robinson, unfortunately, took you almost, it looks like, to a championship. And what a great run it's been. And and James Robinson has won a lot of people a lot of money this year. I could say that. A lot of playoff appearances based on just james robinson so although maybe he didn't get you quite to the championship with this performance maybe he did maybe you're able to overcome it you have to be grateful that you picked up probably the waiver wire pickup of the year or if you drafted him right before the season started he was no doubt about the best roi on the season that nobody nobody saw coming in the fantasy analyst community or anywhere else so great on james robinson another great undrafted free agent story and uh, Lamar Jackson on the flip side of this game, Craig, becomes the first quarterback in NFL history to have back-to-back 800-yard -back rushing seasons. Now, that seems like an awesome stat, but it's got me wondering when you watch Kyler Murray and you're watching Jalen Hurts and you're watching some of these other quarterbacks, how long that record is going to stand because it feels like he's going to have a lot of company there sooner than later. Yeah, no doubt. And look, in terms of Robinson, this is the first year that I played fantasy football maybe in a decade where there was no one that you picked up after Robinson. This year, that really made a big difference. I mean, it, it, every year, someone pops on the radar. It didn't happen in 2020. Next year, it will, for sure. Anomaly this year, no doubt. All right, Dallas coming up next in San Francisco. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Hey, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Joe and I, after this quick segment, we'll be back for our second hour of the show. So make sure you stay on the grid as we take a look at the later games in the NFL from Week 15. Very quickly, let's run through the Dallas-San Francisco game. Once upon a time, this was a championship feel in December between these two teams. Now it's just two teams trying to stay alive in the playoff hunt. One did, one is in, one is out. Dallas stays alive with a win over San Francisco. Andy Dalton, 19 of 33, 209 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Tony Pollard looked good yesterday. 12 rushes, 69 yards, two touchdowns. Also six receptions for 63 yards with Ezekiel Elliott not playing in this one. CeeDee Lamb, five receptions, 85 yards. He did score on an onside kickoff return for a touchdown. Very rare. If you get those points, you got that from him. So add that six to the total. And then Michael Gallup had three receptions for 26 yards and a score. On the side of the San Francisco 49ers, it just did not go well again for Nick Mullins. He was pulled late in this one. For C.J. Beathard, Mullins probably seen his last day starting. 21 of 36, 219 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Mostert and Wilson just basically split carries. 68 yards for Mostert, 60 yards for Wilson, and Wilson scored the touchdown. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was also very quiet until the end of the game. In the garbage time, he was very good. Nine receptions, 73 yards, and a touchdown. And Kendrick Bourne had four receptions for 86 yards and a score. So Ayuk has definitely been very good over the last five or six weeks, Joe. He's been as solid as any receiver in the NFL, honestly, with scoring and, and getting those targets and getting those yards. But it is Dallas that pulls out the win and stays mm-hmm. alive in the NFC East somehow. Yeah. Hey, look, you mentioned that, you know, there haven't been a lot of guys off the waiver wire that have been game changers. Ayuk is one of those close contenders for that award. He would definitely be in my nomination process if that were the case, because Ayuk has been tremendous. And look, no Ezekiel Elliott, too, with this W. Let's not forget that. That was a that was an earth shattering story yesterday morning that Ezekiel Elliott wasn't going to be playing. And could you imagine all the fantasy owners that somehow made it into the playoffs and made it to the semifinals with a lackluster season, the Ezekiel Elliott, who hasn't had a rushing touchdown since Dak Prescott got hurt? I mean, that is unbelievable. And mm. you talk about Gurley falling from the top of the ladder. I wonder if Elliott's right behind him. And there's going to be a narrative out there in the offseason. Well, when Dak comes back, everything goes back to normal. Everything's fine. I don't know if I'm going to be buying that narrative, Greg. I think that's a dangerous one. I want to wait and see a little bit. Yeah, I don't think Zeke is, is is in that category, but definitely have to have caution with him for sure. Okay, headlines are next. Go ahead.